Greetings, Star Wars fans, and welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground, presented by thesciencefictionary.com. If we're back down to two today, it's just me and Marisha. Hey, everybody. And we're going to talk about that Rise of Skywalker, that final trailer that we got during Monday Night Football. Mind blown. So that was a pretty awesome trailer. We're going to get into that. we got a couple other things we're going to talk about. But you know, what we do here is we're going to do something a little different. Because by now you've heard 30 different breakdowns on the trailer. And you probably don't want to hear another trailer breakdown. There were, what, 300 of them on YouTube? There were like 300 of them on YouTube like immediately after the trailer aired. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had, you know, all the reaction videos and, right. and all that. and. We even had one with our paddle. And those ones. are great. I watched a lot of them, but we don't do that here, at least not at this time. I I kind of feel like what we can do is we can kind of go into some of our favorite parts and maybe a little bit of speculation about what they mean without doing another shot by shot, shot, shot for shot breakdown. That'll take too long. Let's it sum takes up. too long, and frankly, I do a really boring job of that. <laughs> so you know, I sound like. Like some sort of college professor doing a <laughs> breakdown, and it, it, it's boring to listen to. So, so we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to get into some other stuff, and but I kind of wanted to start with some other stuff. Jason Fry, who and we kind of this this is related to the trailer. I think pretty much everything today is going to be somewhat related, related to the movie or the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Fry, who wrote the Last Jedi novelization. Which I have not read because there's so many novels I can't keep up. Right, exactly. Um, I don't have enough time to read now. Winter time, I read. I get more time to read during the winter. So hopefully this this fall and winter I can get caught up. Yeah, that that's the goal anyway. But right now I'm I'm finishing Alphabet Squadron. My intention is to finish it before the two Rise of Skywalker, the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker novels come out mm-hmm. in November. One's early November, one's late November. I've already got them pre-ordered. So my intention is to finish them in a week so that we can jump in and, and do a review of those books, bef- you know, so that we're not the last of 500 people doing it. Right. It's going to be a very Star Warsy Christmas season, isn't it? It is. And I don't mind that. I, it's, it's probably my favorite thing about Star Wars being moved mm-hmm. to December. I I really didn't like it at first. I really hope eventually Star Wars moves something back to May if we ever go back to a two a year kind of deal. I mean, right now I get, I almost always get a Marvel movie. The the thing for me is my birthday weekend is the weekend that Star Wars movies always came out. Yeah. Um, All the prequels came out on my birthday Mm -hmm. or on that weekend. Return of the Jedi came out that weekend when I was three. It was really right. my first first Star Wars movie. That's and crazy. I was actually born the weekend that Empire came out. So it, it's actually, I miss it. I, I miss having that. So a lot of times I get a Marvel movie, but think right. Marvel movies, they don't have that one weekend. They kind of shift around a little bit. It's they don't true. necessarily always hit that exact same weekend like Star Wars always did. Right. So... A lot of people weren't happy about them moving solo to May. I actually was really happy that they did. But happy birthday to you! It, it is it is fun having the the Star Wars movies during during the holidays. Yeah, it is. We just get a little bit more time to take them in in some ways. Okay, so with all the stuff going on, like right now, there's this idea, and I actually I asked this question on Twitter yesterday. And I thought I would get an answer, and I probably should have like maybe contacted Cameron or something. I was looking for somebody whose first whose introduction to Star Wars was okay. Episode One. Okay. Um, hmm. Because there's all this stuff going on right now where Kylo Ren is really seen as this he, this really sympathetic villain. Right. And some people aren't even seeing him as that. Some people are like, "Oh, if it's oh poor Kylo." He's right. not really all that bad. He's just mistreated and unloved. Yeah. You and know, there's been a trend, though, like with documentaries about serial killers casting them in a really sympathetic light. The, the sympathetic villain is, is really kind of the trend right now. And they're but, making a movie about the Manson, about Charlie Manson. They are. But it's, he's always been a weird one because he's always kind of had this weird cult following. Yeah. But Kylo is different. 
in, in this. I mean, we, we have a lot of sympathetic villains. I mean, in some ways, even Thanos was a sympathetic villain. Like, right. he understood where he was coming from, and he yep. watched his own planet die. Right. And he's trying to find a way to to to... to keep the rest of the universe from from taking that same path. Right. Now the route that he decides to go to fix it is completely evil. Right. And twisted. But and generally people go down evil paths for noble reasons. Well, and that's why my question and I was looking for somebody that started off with episode 1 rather than episode 4. Because for those of us that started off with episode four, like we love Darth Vader. Darth Vader is an awesome villain. He's right. one of the best villains in cinematic history. Mm-hmm. But we love him because he's a great villain. Right. But I wonder for people that started off with the prequels if there's any more of that feeling of sympathy for this character. If you saw him fall first. Yeah. If you I- saw where his desire, his desires to save the people he loved was the center of who he was and how he was how right. he was manipulated to right. to turn evil. Well, I mean, I was I was 12 or 13 whenever episode 1 came out. It wasn't the first or worst movie I'd seen, but um I was still it, it was still a different I think a different viewing experience for me. And yeah, I think you know, those who those of us, I mean, in a lot of ways People my age kind of grew up with Anakin Skywalker. You know, it's like he was nine when we met him, you know, and, you know, sort of every couple of years we sort of saw this new installment in his life. Yeah, so when he fell, even though we kind of knew that's what was coming, um, you know, you, you even at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it wasn't like, ooh, big bad Darth Vader. It was like, well, that's so sad. Because all he wanted was to save the people he loved. But, you know, for people that were unaware of how, you know, how dark he would really become mm-hmm. in Empire, they weren't already affected by that knowledge. Right. But how, yeah. how would they, how do they view Vader or Anakin? Mm-hmm. And I ask that because, like I said, there, there's all this stuff going on where particularly the, the Raylo fans mm-hmm. are... Very much, a lot of them. Some now, some of them do recognize he's evil. He's 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 a villain. He needs to be redeemed. Right. Now, I still think that a lot of times we get in. And I said this last week. I'm not going to go back into it. We get this really shallow view of redemption. Right. Um, where it's just gonna this this happens. We have this moment of redemption, and everything's fine, and everybody loves Kylo again. And he just gets to go be Ben Solo again. Right. And, and that's, unfortunately, not the way that's not the way real life works. And it, it shouldn't be the way this works. No. Um, I think that you will probably have a lot more people that will just throw their hands up and go, I don't know how I feel about any of this, and I'm walking away. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be unfortunate. So we get this idea, and, and, I, and I kind of went into all this because of some criticism I've seen lately from some of the Raylo sided proponents, yeah. Where they are they get upset with people. Well you love you know, they they well you don't love like Kylo, you don't want him to to be redeemed and you don't want him to find love and all these things, but you love Darth Vader. And it's like and and I think that that warrants a response that mm-hmm. we love Darth Vader because he's a fantastic cinematic villain. Right. But very few of us who love Darth Vader as a character are rooting for Darth Vader. You're not looking to see him ride off into the sunset and live on his happy planet. Well, there's no confusion oh, yeah. that, that Vader is the villain. I mean, he is the villain. Completely, right. totally, 100% the villain. And nobody's rooting for him to find love mm-hmm. or find a love interest in, in those movies. And and so it's it's still something different. I, and I don't know where the whole Raylo thing is going. I, I'm still going to be a little bit disappointed if there ends up being this intimate relationship that ends up happening between Kylo and Ray in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, for a number of reasons. One, I know people hate to hear this. It's toxic. And that has come, and that, that word has been used by members of the cast as well. So this is not just me being 
a jerk and being hard hearted, heartless. Right. Because the thing is, is like I, I want to see, and, and actually, the more this goes, and and the more I think this, the, the longer we go, the closer we get. The more I think that uh, redemption for Ben Skywalker is something that that not only will happen, should happen. Because the one gripe I've had about this movie or this this trilogy so far is we're told it's the last chapter of the Skywalker saga. Right. But so far, it's really not connected. It's very loosely connected to mm-hmm. what we would consider the Skywalker saga if the Skywalker saga to this point has primarily been the story of Anakin, kind of passing the torch to his son. Like, we haven't gotten that transition. If if he's not redeemed and Rey is the hero, but she's not a Skywalker, and Luke and Leia are dead, Ben dies or is not redeemed, then... Right. Then how is it a Skywalker then, story? Then how is this part of the Skywalker saga? Not that it's not a worthwhile story, not that it's not a great story, exactly. but it's just a different story. Right. It's like if you were going to go that route, you should have just not hung on to this being part of the saga. Yeah. You should have let the saga end with Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and and moved on to something new. Yep. But I think, you, you know, I think that, frankly, and... The thing is, is I, I say this as someone who's who's not a Disney hater. I, I like Disney. I love what Disney's done with Marvel. I like a lot of other Disney properties. I think they're a little guilty of using the term the Skywalker Saga of just trying to say, oh, here it is. This is the Skywalker Saga. Come come this way and watch. Yeah. It's trying to lure you in. And it's maybe that it's more of a marketing has at least this far been more of a marketing ploy than. Something they've actually delivered on. Right. Well, I mean, that's fair. Disney, they are the best at making money. And they tell some great stories. And I I get the impression that they really are going to, from everything I've seen, I think that they intend to kind of reel the story back in a little bit in this last installment. But I think it is, it's fair to say that thus far it has not been very Skywalker-centric. And and so, you know, get, get into all that and... You know, and I say this, I, I don't say any of this to attack Raylos. I I do see some things. There are certainly some people in that in the Raylo community that, frankly, are, you know, we get all this talk about, and, and I hate this, the Star Wars is for kids. Right. Yes, George Lucas has said that Star Wars is for kids, but I think some people have oversimplified what he was actually saying. Because if you go to, like, particularly there's a Charlie Rose interview that he did, and and he talks Mm -hmm. about how, well, yes, it's for kids, but... It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's and, and I would make the argument that Star Wars is for families mm-hmm. because it's the only thing that explains the success of this franchise. Right. Is because it's something that's like this. And, and, and you can't deny this because you even see it in like the toy marketing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly some of the stuff Toys R Us was doing when there was still a Toys R Us. And right. Some of, the, some of the other things where it, it's it's this thing that, you know, parents can't wait to, to, share. to, to share with their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see it online all the time. Like, when is my kid, how young is too young to start showing them the movies? Right. And We should do a, a Padawan report episode on that. We should see what the Padawans think. Yeah, we'll do that. But And, and I go there to say, yes, and I know some of the Raylos, what they want is they want a love story. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with a love story. There's nothing There's it's, nothing about a simple love story that's not okay for children. I mean, right. take The Princess Bride, for instance. Mm-hmm. But some of them want something completely... Way more Game of Thrones yeah, than Yeah, something um, very over-sexualized, mm-hmm. you know, very sexually charged. And frankly, don't tell me that Star Wars is for kids on one hand, and then tell me that you want this over-sexualized Raylo experience in this movie on the other because those are conflicting yeah oh for sure so if if kylo and and ray wind up together in some form or fashion as long as it works in the story i have no problem with it that's my whole thing is i'm not going to judge a story before i see it right and it's even hard to judge episode eight without the benefit of the last chapter Middle movies mm-hmm. of trilogies are real hard to judge until you've seen See, the final visual, chapter. Yep. 
And so while there are things I, I, li- I don't like in The Last Jedi, and things I probably never will because they're really going to be irrelevant to this next movie. Right. They're not. It's not like some of those things are going to suddenly have more reason behind them because they were kind of throwaway in The Last Jedi. And overall, I, I don't mind The Last Jedi completely. There are some things that, that bug me. Mm-hmm. But there are things that bug me in some of the prequels, and I love the prequels. Yeah. Now, I say all that to say, because I've seen a lot of hate on Twitter this week, <laughs> which is just the theme. But particularly, here's the thing about my Twitter account and any of my social media accounts. I follow a lot of people on all sides of different issues that mm-hmm. I don't agree with anything they say. Sometimes they make me downright angry. Yep. I don't respond to them. I just move on. Yeah. Um, But I have had to draw a line in the sand this week with some of these because there are people on one side of the fandom in particular that don't intend to like this movie. They decided they decided two years ago that they weren't going to like this movie. Some of them decided five years ago they weren't going to like this movie no matter what. Right. And they are doing everything they can to ruin it for everybody who's excited to see it. Right. There's been spoilers posted, leaks that appear to be credible, mm-hmm. and it's solely in an effort to ruin and destroy this movie before it even comes out. That's just I, if mean. You don't, if you, it is. It is. It's, it's mean. It's, it's, it's mean-spirited. It's just schoolyard mean. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, nine-year-old in the playground going nanny-nanny-boo-boo kind of mean. <laughs> right. And here's the thing. You don't have to like any of the Disney era movies. You don't have to like The Last Jedi. You don't have to like you don't have to like the prequels. Heck, I see people that don't like the original trilogy, which is is mind-blowing to me. Right. But you're allowed to not like those things. But just because you don't like them doesn't give you the right to try to take the enjoyment away from others. There was a really I don't like the whole Raylo thing. Mhm. But I'm not out there trying to take that away from people. There's a really succinct episode of the Goldbergs recently that kind of dealt with that whole thing. It was actually school. That's right. You're right. The spinoff of the Goldbergs that actually did a really fantastic job of addressing that issue. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You don't have the right to take away enjoyment from other people. And it doesn't make your enjoyment of the things you like any more or less valid if you ruin it for somebody else. Right. At the same time though, if you don't like if if you love something and somebody else doesn't, you don't have to belittle them and act like they're somehow inferior to you because they don't like it. Because I see both sides of this happen every single day on Twitter. Does that mean I'm not allowed to say snarky things about the uh Fantasy, oh, he, he reviewed fantasy novels online that said that Lord of the Rings was overrated. <laughs> now, I didn't say you couldn't say snarky things about it, but you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to, and I know you wouldn't go attack people who said that. Right. Even if they're wrong, just for the record, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really, it's, it's amazing to me the number of people out there right now who devote almost all of their energy online into attacking people they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. When there are millions of people out there that, that think exactly like you do, that you could be sharing your enjoyment with. But it's more fun to be a mob. Apparently. I mean, that's all We're it a is. Mob. We're a mob society. We are. Yeah. It, social media, everything's always a mob. This, you know... This week we're in a mob about this, and this week we're in, you know, everybody's always trying to get everybody else riled up about whatever their current thing is they're ticked off about. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I guess that's enough ranting here. I want to get into what Jason Fry, who again wrote The Last Jedi novelization, Uh said. He's had some things in his book. I haven't read it. I kind of read through the excerpt that a lot of people hang hang their hat on on this, Mm -hmm. where where Kylo gives his version of the story with Luke, yeah, mm-hmm. and how he was, how wrong he was done, and and all these things, and and Jason Fry himself said, and of course he started off by saying, "I'll get yelled about this," um, but a reminder that Ben's account of his childhood in the Last Jedi novelization is his point of view and not an objective, omniscient account. 
hmm. and that I know zero about episode nine and know zero about it now. So, you know, he talks about, you know, he's basically saying when I wrote this, when I wrote Kylo's perspective on this, I didn't know where the story was going in nine. Right. And Kylo's perspective is just that. And he continued on to say, it's interesting how people still cling to one version of events, given that the whole subplot and points of view, I'm sorry, that the whole subplot is about points of view, unreliable memories, etc. Well, yeah. And I think that's completely a really valid observation is that Luke and Kylo are both telling the version of the story that makes them look best. Well, I mean, I don't even know that it's the story. I don't even know if it's about the one that makes them look the best. But that's the story we tell ourselves is the one that makes us look the best. Usually. But Luke expresses remorse in his version. Eventually, yeah. Well, no, when he he gives his version to Ray. Right. It's remorse. I, I made a mistake. Right. But that was only after she found out that he had told her an incomplete version initially. Right. There's a but whole it's, lot it's of... Interesting. It's interesting. It's, don't boil this down to... It, it's weird that even with fictional characters, mm-hmm. we feel like we need to agree with one party or another. Right. We have to... Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of the way we are. You know, it's kind of the way people are in real life. I mean, mm-hmm. you hear two sides, you're going to pick one and you're going to stick yep. with them. But the truth is, is that Apparently, we do that with fictional characters, too. Yeah. Because we've been given multiple perspectives of the events. And so we pick the one that we makes us feel the most validated. Or, yeah, the one, the one that fit our theories the best. Mm-hmm. And that makes us feel better about ourselves. The other thing I wanted to talk about before we jump fully into the trailer is the... Charles Soule, the, the cover that Charles Soule posted. Yeah, yesterday. that's pretty awesome. A um, lot of stuff going on there. It's, it's um, our first encounter with the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. Now, this this doesn't come out till January. So this, this isn't actually coming out until after the movie. Okay. Um, so I don't know if the movie will give us some different perspective on some of the stuff that goes on there. But Jason, or not Jay, Charles Soule posted... Um, the image, which you saw, right? Yes. With, with Luke and Kylo fighting off the Knights of Ren. There's yeah. a character kind of in the back, one of the knights, that there's some suspicion might actually be Snoke. Interesting. I mean, it's fully masked and everything. There's also a red lightsaber being wielded by one of them, which I somehow missed the first 20 times I looked at that image. Hmm. But one of them is that is wielding a lightsaber. Okay. So where can people, if they want to go and look at this picture so they know what the heck we're talking about? Oh, you can, can go it? online and find it on uh, Charles Soule's, um, on his Twitter account. Um, I'm sure you can just go search for The Rise of Kylo Ren okay. comic book and probably Google that and get all the images um, or at least that one image. I don't know if we've got any more images out there, but he accompanied that picture. I saw the picture going around all day yesterday, but I only saw these shots in one. Uh, I only saw this synopsis in one place. Um, it says, With the new Jedi school in ruins and fellow students hot on his trail for the murder of their master, Ben Solo flees to the only friend he has left in the galaxy, a man named Snoke. Hmm. But Snoke has plans for Ben and ideas about the Force that are as dangerous as they are intriguing for the troubled young Jedi. If Ben wishes to be truly free, the answers might lie with the dark side and with the Knights of Ren. But it won't be the first time that he's tangled with the Knights. In the past, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker journeys to the Unknown Regions and brings young Ben along for the mission. Hmm. Can even Luke Skywalker stand against the fabled Knights of Ren? Interesting. So we're going to find out a lot more about the Knights of Ren. Now, the crazy thing is, is I've already seen some... Very odd characterizations of the synopsis. Um, okay. Mostly hinging on the fact that this may tweak the idea or expand the idea. Because one, we oh, for a long time, a lot of people thought that the Knights, myself included, that the Knights might be the students. The other that students, we yeah. We found out that Kylo took with him. Right. But now I don't even know. This kind of leans the other way where did Kylo actually take any students with him? Right. 
Or did they leave, abandon the temple to go hunt, try to hunt Kylo down? Hmm. Which is more what this sounds like. Interesting. Now, I've already seen this mischaracterized as even the other students turned on him. Well, the other students turned on him after they thought Luke was dead. Yeah. We've already seen the image of Luke emerging from the rubble. I mean, the the temple was collapsed, or the building, whatever he was in, Mm -hmm. was collapsed on top of him. Yeah. So... They left him for dead, apparently, and went to to try to hunt down Kylo Ren. Interesting. So that doesn't mean some students didn't go with him, but this adds some speculation to that. But I'm really excited. I Some of the art, the art was cool looking. I, I thought mm-hmm. some of it looked a little odd. I didn't necessarily think Kylo or Luke necessarily looked just like Kylo or Luke. But yeah. um, I'm really excited about Charles Soule writing this. Because he's done such a great job with the Vader stuff. Right. I was th- is he's the one that, that um, Daniel was so keen on for the Vader series? Yes. Okay. So he's done a great job with Vader, so I can't wait to see what he does with Kylo. Yeah. Especially given that we don't know exactly how much we're going to find out about any of this part of the story in, in this the next movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I kind of believe very little, given that they've got this comic series set to come out right after. Yeah. Of course, that that kind of brings back into question, like, and it's hard when you're trying to create this big connected universe, Mm -hmm. which I'm all for. I I, I love the connectivity of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten an argument on Twitter with Pablo Hidalgo about the validity of canon because some some of the people in the story group just like, oh, y'all are bent too much weight on canon. It's like... Well, if you're putting out like 10 books a year, I don't have time to read 10 Star Wars books a year. It's like, I got right. other things I want to read. I, I want to know which ones connect. Right. I'm going to read the ones that connect. And it doesn't mean that the others aren't good books. Mm-hmm. It just means that for me, I'm interested in the connected ones. Mm-hmm. And and I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, when you have to have the, the movie still somehow... You shouldn't have to do homework, right, for to, the movie to, to make to be, sense. For the movie to make sense, mm-hmm. and so that kind of again calls some of that into question: is mm-hmm. do they need to diverge the stories? Do the, does the do the movies need to go one way and books and comics go another? And they're all within the same universe, but they're not trying to tell the little pieces of the same story. Well, for a long time, that the, way the um, book people can enjoy the books, mm-hmm. and movie people can enjoy the movies. And you don't have to follow one to, to, to understand the, the other. other. Hmm. And it may be not that you shouldn't have some books that connect, but maybe everything doesn't need to connect. I Honestly, I would like to see a lot more of the books deal with other things that aren't in there stepping on the toes of the stories they're trying to tell today. I would love to see, you know, like for a long time, right, the old rule was that before A New Hope was off limits. Right back in the beginning of the, yeah, the Star the Wars novels days. Back in the EU, you weren't allowed to do anything before A New Hope. You know, so Anakin Skywalker was off limits. And I would be okay if there were off limits eras for Star Wars novels and comics. But I think there are. It's just why we haven't seen, we've seen almost nothing in the 30 year gap between Jedi and. The Force Awakens because they're waiting to get into that era. And I think okay. we'll see them delve into that era. It's maybe they haven't decided what they want to do with it yet. Yeah. But until they know what they want to do with it, and if they and most importantly, if they want to do movies or TV series in that era, because those are always going to take precedence over books. Books, right. So once they decide if they want to do stories in that era, then they may turn people loose to write novels in that era if they're not going to write right um, for, for the screen. Now I think we can, uh, I think that's kind of it, other than wanting to kind of move into talking about this trailer. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, and as is no surprise and has been with all the other trailers for this movie, it's beautiful. It really is. There, it really, really is. There's a lot of great stuff in this trailer. Now, I'm going to start off by saying I felt a little bit let down by this trailer. It wasn't that we didn't get cool stuff, but I'm going to say I felt a little bit let down by it on its own. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, because I didn't I didn't want anything to be given away. 
So why why did you feel down about okay, it? Okay, so trailer one, we got Palpatine's laugh. We mm-hmm. got this big jarring moment. Mm-hmm. In the second one, we got Ray with the, the red lightsaber. Right. Big jarring moment that told us this is, is a little different than you, you know, were expecting. This is not going to go how you think. And then in the third one, we got a real pretty trailer. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's that one... I don't know that there's that one moment where we just go, especially that that final moment where we just go, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I can't believe that just happened. Where everyone loses their minds right. kind of moment. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm, I'm okay with that because, like, how much more, how many more jarring things we want in trailers? You got to leave some jarring things for the movie. So, I don't know. I, I felt like they could have, they could have shown, they showed some really great imagery. Mm-hmm. But, like, they could have shown us Luke. They could have shown us Palpatine. I think they did they show did, us Palpatine. They did, but it's, it's kind of, you see it and you go, what, what was that? And it, it's Palpatine. I don't have any doubt it's Palpatine, but you can just kind of see the edge of his robes. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't have that same like grab you moment because your brain initially goes, "What is that?" Right? You know, not "Oh my God, that's the Emperor." But you know, we we start off. We've got this, you know, really cool. We knew we were doing a jungle planet. They've been shooting at Black Park, mm-hmm. so we knew they were going to another forest planet. I don't know where this is. I'm hoping it's indoor. Yeah. I really want it to be indoor. All the kids really want it to be indoor. Um, I would also be okay with it being Yavin. Mm-hmm. Yavin Fork. Yeah. And we were led to believe early on that there might be some cause for them to go back to Yavin mm-hmm. in this. Um, so I'm really hoping that's... Personally, I want it to be Yavin. I do want them to go to indoor mm-hmm. because I, I think we should go see Ewoks again. I think so. Oh, how happy would it make the children if we went to go see Ewoks again? So happy. But, you know, we get some cool. I guess we got some training going on. There's some sort of remote fo- or something following her when she's running through the jungle. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately cuts away to her climbing through some sort of structure inside some sort of ship or wreckage of something. Death Star wreckage, maybe? It could be Death Star wreckage. We just got that one shot of it. Mm-hmm. So... You gotta imagine that the inside of anything remaining is is pretty beat up. Well, and I think it's also meant to be a kind of a a mirror for that those first images we saw of her in um, the Force Awakens, going through the her her scavenger days. You know, going through all the yeah. Um, old imperial machinery, looking for valuable things. Yeah, that that could be. Just kind of a reflection of, of that. And, you know, they cut from one jump to another. That mm-hmm. They could be taking place, one at the very beginning of the movie and one at the very end. Mm-hmm. I, I think most of this trailer probably took place in the first half of the movie. I think so. There's some kind of strange stuff going on in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but just... All of the horse riding on the, on the ships. The horse riding on the ships is awesome. It's very cool, but it's so weird. It is, but think about why did George Lucas make Star Wars? Because to do cool things? Because they wouldn't let him make Flash Gordon. Okay. He wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, and they wouldn't let him. So he went and made made up his own world to tell stories in. And I saw somebody else say this, so this isn't just me saying it, but they were right. I don't remember who said it, but they were right. This is like... This may be the most Flash Gordon thing we've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. Mm, interesting. Is, is riding horses along the outside of a Star Destroyer. Just kind of going back, like, what were the things that really jumped out? What were the things you really liked mm. in this trailer? It, I mean, like you said, it was just overall from beginning to end was just so beautiful it was just the the beautiful scenes and the beautiful shots i mean kind of really jump out moments you know that that one that they've shown us 700 times now of you know um ray and finn poe chewy and the cockpit of the falcon you know that's pretty i think that's going to become a pretty uh iconic kind of moment there i think that's definitely what they're angling for and um, 
whenever Ray and Kylo smash whatever that was that they smashed that I'm pretty sure has Darth Vader's helmet on top of mm-hmm. it. I mean, that was just a phenomenal, I mean, it, it was cool looking. I don't have any idea what it means, but it's super cool. Yeah, I don't know. It, that appears to be some sort of obelisk or, or you know, table mm-hmm. thing to, that's got the mask on it. And it it uh, it looks like Black Obsidian. And wh- now, th- which is what Vader's castle is built from? Is that what we saw it briefly for just a second in the Force Awakens? Is that no, what it was? In no. the Force Awakens, he's got the helmet in this. This uh, I don't even know what to call it, but it's in this like box that's full of ashes of. Mm-hmm people he's killed i mean oh that's dark if that is vader's helmet on top which it appears to be Mm -hmm. um, but you don't get a perfect view of it so we can only like really assume that that's what it is yeah but i'm wondering if it's a piece if it's some sort of obsidian something if the if it's obsidian from vader's castle that's interesting built a some kind of shrine yeah i mean that works like I said, I think it's interesting that they, you have a, you have them squaring off, and then you have them smashing this this thing sort of side by side. You, you sort of have you both do, going on. But I've watched back through it, and the more I watch it, the weirder it looks. It's very weird, almost to the point of well, one, I think they struck at something that wasn't there. I think that when they struck at it, there was just they were on stage with props, and there was nothing mm-hmm. actually there to hit. Mm-hmm. But Kylo's lightsaber, I'm not even sure Kylo's lightsaber actually hits it. Hmm. And I'm not sure that they weren't fighting. And Ray strikes that thing and he misses, he fails to block it. Interesting. So I think it's maybe not exactly what it has seen what it seemed like. Mm-hmm. When we first watched it, because I, I too, the first several times I watched, it, I thought they both struck it, but Kylo's angle for striking it the way he does is really wrong. Hmm. Um, and it just it doesn't look right because of the way they're squared off with each other and then striking across his body. So, I'm not totally sure that what we saw is not a little bit of a misdirection. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure that about ninety percent of what we've seen in any of these trailers so far is at least a little bit of misdirection. But that's probably one of the most interesting shots in the whole trailer, mm-hmm. as far as interesting as far as where's the story going. Mm-hmm. Because well, one, it's a big difference if they both struck that thing than if Ray struck it and he was trying to stop her. Yeah. Because the other thing that appears is it it almost looks like. When she hits it, it almost looks like he reaches out towards it at first. And just as it cuts away, it looks like he's ripping his mask off. Hmm. I was too busy trying to see if that was Vader's helmet there in the middle. <laughs> so so we, um, when we got done watching it, after we watched it a couple of times, my phone rings. It's my sister on her way to work. She's like, all right, so we got to talk about that trailer. <laughs> we had to analyze it. One thing I do recommend as far as just analyzing it is to watch it watch it without the sound at least once and then just listen to it because you whenever you have everything going on at once it's uh you catch different things I found uh, when the kids were recording their reaction video, I was just listening to it and so I kind of noticed some things that I hadn't noticed when I was watching it and then you know, watching it with the sound off at some point, it was like, oh, well, that's kind of different too. Now, the thing that I always find more interesting in these trailers a lot of times, the the, the visuals are cool, but they, they never tell us anything with the visuals. We get no. random shot, really cool looking shots that, that are totally out of context because mm-hmm. we don't get the sound that goes with them. Right. You know, when you watch some trailers, you get dialogue that goes with that scene or the right. music that goes with that scene. Right. But with these, instead, we get music cut specifically for the trailer. This right. is a John Williams piece that was um, altered by some some other people. Mm-hmm. So you get this completely different piece of music. I don't ever, ever read anything into the music in, in Star Wars trailers. No. Um, I used to try and think that you could, because I'd say, oh, that's Leia's theme. And that's, they're, 
It's pretty. These these are pieces of music that the marketing team chose mm-hmm. to put in this trailer. And it's cool. They it's really pretty music. I kind of wish that they would start putting some of the marketing music on the on the soundtrack. Oh, that's a good idea. Because they do such a really good job with it. It would be mm-hmm. really nice to actually have those tracks. Yeah. The dialogue. We get a lot of really cool dialogue in this trailer. Mm-hmm. From Finn and Poe. At least what sounds like Finn and Poe. At the beginning. It doesn't quite sound like Finn to me, but it's the only person I can think of that that it could be. And so you kind of get them talking about how the Force brought them together. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I hope that doesn't mean I know there's been this fear among some fans that suddenly in this movie everybody's going to be a Force user and fight the First Order. And I, I really, like... If you want to seriously damage what Star Wars is, if you want to seriously damage the lore, mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Because you're basically throwing everything that came before out the window if you do that. While I haven't liked some of the things they've done, they've done, they have not ruined right. the, the lore in the the you know like I've said before, it's kind of the the theology of the Force right. or you know doctrine. Right. It's kind of how the Force works and what the Force is. Don't mess that up. Yeah, no. Although George Lucas says that they have. Eh, George Lucas says a lot of things. Um, I really like you get you get several distinctive bits of audio mm-hmm. in this. You get you get the you get what sounds like Poe and Finn, mm-hmm. and then you get Luke. And you get the Emperor there in the middle. Well, you get you. I think you get. Don't you get Luke? Maybe you do get the Emperor first, but then you get the Emperor. You come together, and it will be your downfall. Wow, it was like the Wicked Witch of the West came in. It's my my best emperor impression, love. But yeah, I mean, you get this this your your coming together now. Mm-hmm. You know, will will be your what did he say? You will be undoing. Your, yeah, which sounds familiar, but you know, you get this this moment. I, I mean, who's he? I don't know who he's talking to. Right. Or if he's just talking about this this whole gathering of. Of people to try to defeat him this one last time. Um, or if he's specifically talking about Ray and Kylo. Right. Is anybody else? Is is there is is Anakin or Luke somehow involved in that conversation? Yes. So it could be any number of things, but you get that, you get that really great line from the Emperor. That's that's right. very much him. Yep. And then you get Luke telling Telling Ray, you know, so so you get Luke telling telling Ray that you know confronting fear is is the test of all Jedi, and, and that's really her thing is that she has been afraid, yeah, this whole time from mm-hmm. the time that we first see her through now, and of course what Luke is telling her is a reflection of what Yoda told him when he told him he has to confront Vader, and he has to, and, and that that fear is a pathway to the dark side, right. You, you can't avoid it. You have to face it down. You have to defeat it. Yep. Fear is something everybody deals with. Right. It's, it's almost a default. It's, 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 it's a place where we go when things don't go right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really curious to see exactly what's going on there. Because a part of my whole thing with Rey is that in The Force Awakens, in The Last Jedi, she's angry. Which... You know, if we're going to stay true to what we've been told before is that anger has no place. Right. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to less desirable things. So you can't... They have to address the anger. Right. Because even in this trailer, when we see her standing Uh on the Death Star waiting for Kylo, there's just this look of rage. Yeah. And I'm a little disappointed in that because, honestly, I thought we had... Grown up a little bit. Well, I thought we moved past that. I thought that was part of what we defeated at the mm-hmm. end of The Last Jedi was that she had moved past and accepted her role. Yeah. Although we don't know why she's angry. Maybe Kylo just blew up a transport with Princess Leia on it. So there, there could be other things going on that we're not sure of. But I think there's been some things in the comics as well that she's in. And even the line of... Everybody keeps telling me that they know me. Mm-hmm. But nobody does. Nobody understands me. Which, you know, these, she, these characters are actually a little on the old side to be having this internal conflict. But... How old is she? Do we actually know? 
Um, we do, but I don't remember. And I think Kylo is supposed to be about 10 years older than Yeah, her. I mean, Kylo's definitely a little too old to be having this kind of internal conflict. But, you know, she's probably got, I mean, they both got some arrested development going on, I think. I'm really excited about the things I heard in this trailer. You know, more shots of Pasana. I'm really yeah. excited about that. I, I, like I said, I wasn't excited about a desert planet, but... It looks awesome. It, it does look cool. It looks awesome. So what about C-3PO? Honestly, I'm not reading anything at all into that right now. I think that that's all total misdirection. I think either this is before he gets, you know, I'm taking one last look at my friends with these eyes or something, you know, because we know he gets got has the red glow and eyes going. You think out. it's that or you think it's a memory wipe or memories being reset to a certain point in time, which is another theory. Uh, the disc that we've seen Zori Bliss carrying um, that turns out is probably not a Rush mixtape, which is disappointing. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot. Because in, in Zori's Y-Wing, it's all Rush. All, all the rush, time. All the time. But I, I don't know what's going on there. It's I mean, that was definitely kind of the, the like, punch you in the gut moment of the trailer. Yeah. I don't think it means what we think it means, though. Or I don't think they would have showed it to us in a trailer. Maybe. But but even if they showed it to us and we knew that something was going to happen to C-3PO, it doesn't, there's still enough mystery about it. That's true. That they could have shown it to us because mm-hmm. th- there's still a lot of mystery surrounding it. Mm-hmm. You know, so when he says, looking at his friends, who do you think, he, who is he talking about? I mean, I know there's some people that were upset about, well, it can't be Poe and Finn and Ray. He really hasn't been around Poe and Finn and Ray, but... At the same time, it's been about a year since the last movie that they've all been together. So yeah. that's not necessarily true. He could be talking to Leia and Chewie. He could and be. And Lando. And the other first thing we see after that is him put his hand on R2's head. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there's a couple of scenes clipped together there that are throw, mm-hmm. you know, throwing off what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, the order may be out of sequence. So how about you? What was your very favorite most compelling moment of this trailer okay so i got pretty much everything i said i really wanted in this trailer Uh uh-huh and you got horses riding on a i did like well i said i wanted a big space battle Uh i'm clearly getting big space battle yeah okay so we we've had some weird stuff because there's some weird shots in this trailer um i just want to go back okay so the things that i really wanted the things i was excited about i I did get to see ships galore. Mm-hmm. I mean, both Imperial and a hodgepodge of what looked like everything from... from The Tan of Four to... Well, I mean, we saw ships from, the you know, Separatist ships all the way up to Rebel and... and, and uh, Resistance. And Resistance ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw all kinds of big ships. We saw the Ghost front and center... Mm-hmm. And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the ghost to lie here otherwise because yeah. there's no reason. I mean the VCX 100 or whatever that ship is called is, you know, it could be another one of that type. But why put it front and center right next to the Falcon? Right. If that's not the, the ghost. ghost, yeah. And then I don't know. I I haven't seen it. I, I hadn't seen. I, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of different Calamar, Mon Calamari ships. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other ships. There's what looks. It, the scale looks off, but there's even what looks like a droid control ship kind of hidden in the background. Mm-hmm. There's um, even possibly there's some people saying that the Colossus is in that shot. Well, that could be interesting. So you get a, a lot of cool stuff. The other thing I wanted to see was lightsabers, and I got a couple of Lots good of shots lightsabers. of lightsabers. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy about all that. Yep. Okay, now I started to change gears there. Okay, this. So we get this other stuff. We get these TIE fighters flying towards what initially I thought was a giant iceberg. Right. In, you know, in water. Yeah. And then the more I looked at it, the more I realized that it's not a reflection. Nope. Which means... And the bottom half of it looks really pixelated. I don't think it's pixelated. I I think what that is, is that there's... I think there's a city frozen over mm-hmm. or, or a ship or, or something. There's something inside this ice. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it does appear to be in space. And I don't know 
what's up with that? But we get that shot, and then we get a, sh- a, a, a we get a shot of a star destroyer, what looks like it's rising up out of ice. Mm-hmm. So that whole big fleet we saw in the last trailer, in the second trailer, Could is have it been possible that over. they're in Ooh. that they're in ice, that they're not in space, that they've been hidden in either in an ocean or in this whatever this big huge mass of ice floating in space is i mean theoretically they could have been if they were iced over somehow they could have been iced over and just left in in space somewhere so yeah and there's some speculation that that's cloud city but i don't know if that works but there is another shot that kind of makes you think, yeah, that could be Cloud City. The shot that you were talking about where Kylo and Ray destroy that obelisk. Uh-huh. If that's not Cloud City, I don't know where that is. Yeah. Unless it's on the Tana 4 or whatever that that Karelian, Karelian Corvette is. Yeah. Because those are the only things we've ever seen before that were that white inside. I, I don't know. I mean, there's... There's a lot to unpack in that trailer, but it's it mostly is. just cool shots. They didn't tell us anything. Well, which, we're definitely going to the Death Star. Yeah, that shot of the throne room, of the Emperor's throne room on mm-hmm. the Death Star 2 is yeah, is pretty cool. I mean... Mm. I mean, Ray with a ignited lightsaber, you know, going coming face-to-face with Kylo in the Emperor's throne room. It doesn't get much more poetic than that. I mean, I kind of feel from the number of shots we've seen on the Death Star, you know, we kind of thought all our heroes were going to be together mm-hmm. for the whole movie. But the more this goes on is I think everybody else is going to be involved in this massive battle mm-hmm. while Kylo and Ray are going through trials of some sort on the Death Star. And I kind of wonder if they that, don't call some kind of temporary truce. They're, they, I think they're both looking for the same thing. I think they have different reasons, but I think maybe they call truce long enough to find it. Maybe so. Either that or we're going to see them fight a number of times on this Death Star as they move through it. Right. Uh, which is kind of what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I think we're going to get a fight here in the throne room. I think we're going to get a fight on the surface. I think we're going to get a fight in wherever that white room is. Mm-hmm. Um, all those uh, all those lightsaber battles you've been waiting for, you think we're going to get them all? Well, the indications were that we were going to get several lightsaber battles. Yeah. Now, the thing I want to know and the thing that would just... The thing I want to see is now we're getting reference, even though it's a book coming in January, that there were surviving students from the temple. Right. It's possible that Kylo killed them all. Yeah. But, and and we got this new game coming out soon, too. Uh, the, the game is earlier, though. The game's in November. We're getting it first. No, no, I mean chronologically. It's the fall of the Jedi, right? That's true. It's a good bit earlier, but my point is not knowing what's going to happen to Cal either. Is right. it possible that some other Jedi do turn up for this last battle? I'd be okay with that. I mean, other Jedi that have been in hiding right. or Luke's students or... Yeah. I mean, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see that there there are others out there. Well, and I think we've kind of gotten a, an indication consistently that there are still others. You know, you've got Kanan, you've got Cal, you've got them, you know, sort of lurking around, hiding out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, we've, we've continually built this narrative that not everybody... Mm-hmm. got axed when Order 66 occurred. Right. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure Luke tracked a lot of them down, and there were a lot of them in his training facility whenever Kylo went all Lucifer there and uh, fell from grace. But um, it's still conceivable that there are other Jedi who have nothing to do with Luke Skywalker floating around the galaxy. Because maybe some of them are just uninterested in... I mean, now everybody knows who he is. Maybe maybe some of them saw Anakin Skywalker and they see him and they aren't interested. All right. So who's flying the ghost? Jason Sandula. Do you think they'll even show us? No, but that's 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 my that's what I'm telling myself. I mean, they put the ghost front and center in that shot. I mean, they're clearly not just ending the saga. They're they're bringing the timelines together. They're they're bringing all these other stories that were going on at the same time with these other people from the rebellion together for this last fight. 
And I'd love to see Jason Sandulas show up. You don't think it's Hera? It could be Hera still. Well, um, we, know, we know that at the end of the rebellion, Hera was commanding a, a larger ship. Well, and that's the thing. I think but, Hera may be a, an admiral somewhere by now. But do you think Hera wanted to be lifetime military? Or do no. you think when the Empire was defeated that Hera would have left? I don't think Hera wants to be lifetime military, but I think that once she sees what's happening, with the, once she sees the remnants of the the Empire reforming, I don't think that she can just walk away from that. Yeah, but see, the resistance doesn't turn up. I mean, I'm sorry, the First Order doesn't turn up until a long time after. But I think when it does, I think she signs up. I think she's... But I don't, because she hasn't been there in the fight. Maybe not. You know, but presumably still... all these ships that we see are the ships that finally have answered Leia's call. Oh, that's true. Um, but I think that she, when when Leia calls, she answers. Um, I don't think she cannot. And I think that's kind of her thing. That's her, her story is that she can't stay out of the fight. There's nothing Kanan wants more than to stay out of the fight, and she can't. Even for him, she won't stay out of the fight. And I don't think she'll stay out of the fight for anybody else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we actually get to see some familiar faces from other other sources. Maybe we'll and see Ezra and Thrawn show up now, now and see, confuse people. Well, you know, I, I always said that how would it be to end this with the, with a Chiss Ascendancy ship showing up in the middle of the fight? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to give a long explanation of who they are but they come from the unknown regions yeah. you know we got we have some blue skinned aliens we don't have to give the whole backstory in the movie they're just blue skinned aliens mm-hmm. but we'll know we'll know love yeah i mean you can do you don't have to explain every little thing i mean no. marvel throws things at you all the time at the ends of movies that oh, if yeah. you're not a big time comic book fan then you leave going who was that mm-hmm. and they do that because they know you'll run out of the theater and go look it up right yeah so I'm I'm not in the I'm not in the boat of believing that everything has you that people have to understand the backstory for everything for something to show up. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't even care if it's not Thrawn. I'd be fine with Arlani showing up. Yeah, I would like to see more Arlani. She's pretty cool. So I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. I'm excited about it. I've mm-hmm. got I, I bought I bought nine tickets for um, Thursday. I bought nine. Let's see. I bought I bought six tickets for thursday and i bought nine tickets for friday so we're we're ready to go see it and uh it's gonna be good was there anything else you wanted to add about the trailer i mean we could talk about the trailer forever i mean i don't want to do it just yeah no i don't want to break down every shot but no i know that 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 throne that throne that that evil was it um iana said that evil looking (laughs) that evil looking throne yeah. Well, the cool thing is, is it actually was based on some Macquarie artwork. It looks very Macquarie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious though because it was it was part of Macquarie's design for Palpatine's throne for the throne room. Originally, right. it was never used. Right. And then now, to me, it looks more ancient. It's it's stone. Yeah. It's. I think it's some kind of ancient Sith. Yeah, I, I think that it's something that predates Palpatine, maybe. And I think he, either Palpatine or Kylo Ren are decided to sit on that throne and rule. Yeah, it, it would be it would be very interesting to find out if that there's more of a story behind this. Yeah, this throne. I suspect we will, but no, I think I think we hit on our high points at least. You know, like you said, you could talk about it all day long, but we got to talk about it with the kids still, so we got to leave some things to say. That's true. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Course Not Radio Underground. Marisha, what have you got on the internet? What have I got on the internet? Uh, mostly Instagram these days. I'm princesses underscore and underscore padawans. And also princessesandpadawans.com. I've got some like tutorial kind of things on there. Not a whole lot there, but um, I do have a few things there. And that's mostly me on the internet these days. All right. My name's Andrew Gore. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show. For the Padawan Report for the website at Sci underscore Fictionary. And you can reach us at Coruscant Radio Underground at gmail.com. You can check out our website at ScienceFictionary.com. And I think that's pretty much all the places you can find us. You can find this podcast. I, I, I don't know. You, you found this one, so I may be barking up the wrong tree telling you this. <laughs> but 
we're available pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, including YouTube and Spotify. So you can find us pretty much anywhere out there. And look for a, uh, a new episode of the Padawan Report coming pretty soon on the heels of this episode. And until next week, may the Force be with you. <laughs>